To so many people, you know, lifelong uh, Cubs fans, it's our happy place. It doesn't feel like a year without going to Wrigley Field, and you guys are amazing at what you do. And that's the thing, is that the Wrigley employees are always so helpful. They go beyond. When you see the same faces, year after year after year in the same sections, it makes you feel, it all feels like family that you're going to a place like it's a little family reunion. Every family member and friend who comes to that I take to a Cubs game or I take on a Wrigley Field tour because there's nothing better to do than be in Chicago and you all made that possible. Like I said, these are not just employees in my opinion, they're like family. I've brought people from all over the world, all over the country, people that don't like baseball, they love Wrigley Field. And we have you guys to thank for that. Welcome to Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark, now part of the Unconfined Network. We explore the fascinating personal lives of the people inside Chicago's most iconic sports venue, Wrigley Field. Our podcast will take you on an amazing journey, introducing you to some incredible people that we've met along the way. We'll discuss hot topics, play a few games, and just try to have an overall good time. There'll be plenty of surprises along the way, so stick with us to see where our journey heads next. But for now, kick back, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. All right, welcome to another episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark, where I talk to a cool open of mine, Riddy Phil, and we talk about your personal life and what goes on there. But before I uh, get into our guests, that's my announcement. I getting the announcements every week, and I got an email, Frank, you get the announcements every week, so I wrote them down. So I want to read you, I want to read you the announcements real quick. Uh, next year, we're going to be broadcasting from the Cubs game in London. Uh, if you're on Patreon, you already know you can sign up to uh, learn how to go to London, all that kind of good stuff, airfare, hotel, whatever you're trying to get. Uh, so on Patreon, if you're on there, sign up for London. That stuff starts going out, I think, next week for that. Also, season two of the podcast was great. It's going to be ending in a couple of weeks uh, in November. Um, to our every Monday episodes on the podcast, the season will end with our season finale. Uh, but just like last year on Patreon, we will continue with all of our other interviews, our game shows, uh, supervisors versus employees, uh, our supervisors and staff that have pets. We're going to bring those back. We've got some behind-the-scenes stuff from the club convention, uh, as well as Jordan and I going on a cruise and broadcasting there. You'll get to watch all that and win some stuff, as well as season two of Meet the Rookies, where we introduce all the rookies that we can feel. Uh, that's on Patreon. As soon as the podcast season ends in a couple of weeks. Now, that's all out of the way. Let's bring on my guest. Uh, I've known him for a very long time. Uh, to some of you, he's new because he left and then he came back. <laughs> but he's actually been here for a while. And that is Michael Harris Jr. Michael, what's up? How you doing? How you doing? Happy to be here, Frank. Now, you like me. Uh, you're somebody that went to Wrigley Field for a while and then left mm-hmm. and then came back. And when you came back, some people thought you were new. I'm just curious, what did it feel like to leave for a couple of years and then come back? 
It honestly like felt weird because I didn't come up there for games or anything. I was like doing what I was doing. I was at the airport and everything, and I'd be wondering, like, I wonder what the guys are really doing, you know, and everything. And it just it just felt weird because I got used to working at Wrigley so many seasons, and I I still had my uniform hanging up that much. It was that much of a routine. I I'd be like, and I I would start to put it on sometimes. Be like, no, I don't work. I don't work there right now. So <laughs> it was kind of weird, but um. When I got back, it was so many warm welcomes and everything. Cause I remember I was just actually I did come up with that for a game last year, um, for my birthday or whatever. And then people were recruiting me like, "Hey, when you coming back? Come on, you know you want to come back." Like, ah. just, it was just like so much uh, felt left undone and everything. It was it was just weird, like not being there, cause I got so used to you know taking that trip down to Addison, where I would see people with you know the, the jackets on or whatever coming from my other job, and I'm like, man, I miss it. I miss it. <laughs> And I said, you missed the, you were gone for the COVID years, right? Yes, sir. Uh, and that was what, 2019, 2020, or just 2020? I think it was 2019, 2020. Okay, all right, okay, okay, okay. And then, so then yeah. you came back. I remember Floyd, Floyd sent me a text, Frank, Michael Harris, he wanted to come back, work your magic. I'm like, speak no more, I got it. I'm taking care of it. <laughs> yeah. I got it. Uh, when Floyd yeah. says, Frank, do it, I have to do it, so... Uh, I was excited to hear it all. He's coming back. That's good. That's good. But you have a baby. So now, I how old is she? She's two. So you had the baby. When you, so when you left, you were childless. And when you came back, you had a child. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about what it's yeah. like being a new dad. Tell them all that. Oh, man. It, it, it's incredible. At times you want to laugh, at times you want to cry. It's <laughs> uh, like, ah. Uh. Why, like I just told her something. I'm like, "Why did you do that?" She just looked at her like, "Daddy." I'm like, "Ah, okay. You're you're, you're a little person. You're learning. You know, it's it's okay." But to be uh, honest, it, to me, a father is wonderful because I know, no matter what, that little girl loves me. You know, we I, I get to be a kid again. Everything, watch Mickey Mouse and all that stuff, and just be a part of her life. She's very wonderful. She has like a lot of my like mannerisms. So it's just like, hopefully, she can get a job at Wrigley one day. <laughs> I think she would be good at because she's friendly too. Now, is it true that there are these? Uh, not no. Well, did you experience? Are you experiencing the terrible twos? Like is she just like insane? Yes. Or yes, everything is falling out. No, 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 no. But come here. No, I no, I don't wanna. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> then you have to bribe the child. Like I'll give you a fruit snack. Give you candy, candy. <laughs> You have to negotiate with your child. That, that's the crazy <laughs> thing about it. You got to negotiate with your child. But like, hey, compromise with me here. If you do this, I'll keep your ice cream cone. They'd be like, okay, I'm listening. What else are you going to do? <laughs> now, you told me that, you know, she won't go to bed until 5. But we're here. It's 3 o'clock. So what we'll changed? What moved? What happened? I actually, you know what I'm saying, I played the strategy of um, giving her my phone. Like, <laughs> you know, I have Disney Plus. But any parent out there, Get Disney Plus. It works magic. <laughs> so you put put that on, put like Mickey on a little bit, re repeat. She had a little snack and everything. She didn't even make it to lunch, made it to lunch and did. I just go in there and she's like sleep. She's like out. I'm like, oh, let me use the opportunity to jump on the podcast because she's got to get up and be like, where's dad? You know, her little routine and everything. But it was mostly us watching the phone. We do that a lot or watch her tablet of Disney Plus. You love Mickey Mouse and little Einstein's, things like that. Things she liked to do. But she usually ties herself out, and I, I made sure I took her to the park today. That's another good thing to do, take her to the park. I took her to the park. She got home. She, you know, chilled on the phone, went to sleep. Now, 
baby born day of did you cry what was what was that emotion like for you when, when yeah i cried i really i really really cried <laughs> i was like oh my goodness you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know you, you, you just like i was so like me and i'm like i do not want to drop her <laughs> i can't get a drop guy i can't need a drop guy <laughs> I can't believe the job got me and everything. It's just like, you know, it's just something about when they first grab your finger. Yeah. Man. It's just like you're in, you're in love, man. You get extra protective. Hey, you can't do that around my child. You know, everything. You just, every little fall or whatever, like, oh, you okay? And mm-hmm. you want to make sure they're good and everything. You don't want them to feel no pain or anything. I'm a special like that. My daughter has the habit of not saying, I'm fine. Like, dad, <laughs> go away. All right. Now, being, being a girl, dad. I'm just curious, uh, is mm-hmm. your baby spoiled? Was she spoiled? I'm just curious how that works. Yeah, she is spoiled because everybody loves her. Everybody wants to give her something from candy to stuffed animals to shoes, clothes, everything. It is like, I remember um, I first took her tomorrow shopping. Okay. Big mistake telling her to get what she wants. <laughs> She's going down aisles, just pulling down clothes off the rack. No, before that, we went to like this uh, little store for girls or whatever with stuffed animals. She's pulling everything down. I'm like, Dad's not balling. He can't afford all that. I'm so late. I'm so sorry. She's like, she's a baby. Let her shop. I'm like, lady, you understand. I can't afford all that. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> then we go to the clothes store. She up in there just pulling down. So I, I literally have to have her in one arm like a football mm-hmm. and pay for everything, all the clothes and everything. I'm like, okay, let, let's go out mm-hmm. of here and eat. I see I'm going to have to do my shopping online for you. Just know your sizes. Know what you like. Because when I take yeah. the store and say, well, whatever you want, you just grab right. everything. Now, obviously, every parent loves their child, obviously. But when you first heard you're having a child, were you expecting boy or are you hoping boy? Although I know you're happy with anything, but I'm just curious, you know, were you hoping boy or girl? Uh, uh, uh. Growing up, I wanted a boy or whatever, but for some reason, I kept seeing like I was gonna have a little girl. Everybody was telling me before I even like had a girl. They're like, "You're probably gonna be a a, a, a dad that just has girls." They're like, you know, I'm probably gonna have one boy. Then when I found out she was a girl, I'm like, "Up, oh, people were right. <laughs> I got me a little girl. You know, I wasn't changing for the world. You know, I was, you know." Feeling about the boy stuff and everything, like you know, you know, you wish it, like it's gonna be, you know, what's a positive yeah. affirmation? It's gonna be a boy. It's gonna be a boy, girl. Ah, I'm happy, you know, you know. So you had to change the blue to pink, you know. Little, it's you know, still beneficial stuff. A lot of stuff she wears, so she still gets little Jordans and stuff. They have unisex Jordans mm-hmm. and stuff, so it's a compromise. <laughs> now, what about doing a girl's hair? Especially black hair, because that can be, that can get as we call it nappy sometimes. I'm just curious, what is it like doing? hair it's a lot of ouch that hurts <laughs> so you gotta have to take I, I got like a strong hand because my sister Myla she was showing me like you're gonna have to learn mm-hmm. and she tell teach me how to take down braids and I'm like oh god I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to do it you know not trying to pull her hair out yeah so I'm like you know I'm very generous. and she's like you're doing good you're doing good I'm looking like I'm I'm even Right now, when I get the chance, I'm going to buy a mannequin. So I'm going to be that dad that just sits in the house watching Netflix and practicing with a mannequin. Like, I have to get this down. So it was like, you know, especially the mom of my child, she sent me a lot of stuff on Facebook about, like, doing hair and stuff. She was like, mm-hmm. well, my hair points me get canceled. You know, yeah. you gonna have, they're going to have to call you. I'm like, I, I better be practicing. She's two <laughs> now. So I should have it mastered by the time she's six or seven. I'm sure once uh, Toya... Or Erica here, they're gonna call you and they hear this. Oh, I can show you how to do some hair. They they love 
I know Toy has to go to her daughters all the time, so uh, you mm -hmm. probably get that call from Toy. I, I can help you with some hair. <laughs> oh, incredible! Any any oh. hands on deck, any help, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about that first Christmas? Oh, uh, the first buy everything under the tree. Did you just buy crazy? Like you just buy all kinds of the first Christmas? Oh my goodness! Yeah. I went, I went literally crazy on Christmas. I remember just when I, I was working at the airport, and like I work with predominantly females. And mm -hmm. I told them they found out I was father. They like your father and everything. They like you could buy this. I went crazy. I bought like everything I could from drums to all the <laughs> stuff that could irritate a person. I'm like stuffed animals, Mickey, everything. And I remember um, I was at her mother's house, and then you know I just had the Santa sack. And she, I'm like, Did, oh, Santa left a sack for you. She just lights up. Mm. And then she just getting out all the toys. I mean, big toys, little toys, everything. And I was like, this has to be special for our first Christmas. But Even for age, Christmas now, yeah. But at that age, don't they like the box more than, like, don't they like, like the, the, yeah. the box more than the yeah. toys? Yeah, she was getting a little mad when daddy was trying to take the boxes. <laughs> I guess the box was a part of the toy that she wanted to keep. Right. <laughs> I didn't know she wanted to keep it for a collection or something, but she, yeah, hey, I'm looking like it, it's it's the box. It's, it's no toy in there now. You have the toy. She threw down the toy hmm. and I think picked up the box. I'm like, well, maybe I should just buy boxes for Christmas Day. Yes, yes. Happy, you know, build a clubhouse. <laughs> so let's go to how I met you. Now, how many years combined have you been at Rizzo? Well, combined, this was my uh, 15th season. I didn't even know it till uh, Floyd told me. <laughs> He's like, you, you guys feel saying I'm like, I'm that old in Wrigley years? Yeah. Like, geez, so, uh, almost, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, I've known you for a while. I've known you for a while. Uh, you, I think you were, before you were security, um, you were an usher, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, I did that. Uh, yeah, I was, I was a wheelchair guy. I was an A&A guy. It was uh, me and John Adams, especially. We was always together, called ourselves the journey team. That's my guy. Shout out to John. Yes, yes, but we were always the wheelchair guys. Yeah. That was one of the best times of my years. I love being a field guard at, you know, at Wrigley and everything, doing security, but those were some fun times. Like, it was so many stories as being, you know, doing A&A from people you guys to meet and, like, unexpected experiences you had. It was great. Yeah, I loved being a gate chief with you all because, uh, like, I knew when I had certain people, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. Like, I knew at my gate, if I was assigned and you all were there, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Because you all, you all can do more than just a and You all can run the gate. You all can help out. You all, I mean, you all were doing so much stuff back in the day that uh, it's different now for a, you know, a and a But, uh, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. So, John, John, I know you and John are, like, inseparable. Did you meet John at Wrigley? Yeah, I met John at Wrigley. I met him, actually, uh, I think it was my first year. I started 2008. I think he was a year ahead of me already there. But we really got uh, we really got close when he was actually, you know, I think the year I got Usher of the Year. Right. And we would just see each other, and then we just noticed we was constantly working together. And he was like, where you at, bro? And I'm like, I'm at, you know, KK. He's like, me too. And then we just like, dream team. We just kept saying it every time, and we just like, we dream team, bro. We served because we were always at the gate together. So we was always talking and everything. We were just bonded, like. Because when I when I met John, we were talking everything, but when that year I, I want usher year, we just started talking every time we see each other's time clock. We we did, you know, we made we made a mandatory to go to 7 Eleven and they had the Gatorades and candy. We was like the human walking 7 Eleven. We, we always had Gatorades or whatever. Like that was our mandatory thing. We'd do that like have lunch in the morning or breakfast in the morning, and then we go to 7 Eleven and then we go to Rick. 
Yeah, it was weird to see you this year. I, you all, whenever I saw you all, you were always together. I don't know, pre-game, post-game, during the game, during the break, whatever. It was weird mm-hmm. to see you this season without him. It's like it just something doesn't. It just seems odd without you all together. Yeah, it does feel weird, honestly. But I know he's uh, he's uh, made his decision. The things he's doing, which I'm very proud of. John Jones is a tremendous man, a tremendous friend, a tremendous brother. You know, but everybody has to do what's best for them and everything. So, you know, when I saw that I was going back, like, yeah, you know, bro, you got to drop on me. But I still hang with him. And I still toss him and everything. Still a close friend of mine. Still a brother of mine, you know. Because, you know, Wrigley started something. But, like I told him, even when you leave or whatever happened, we're going to be dream team forever, bro. Nothing's going to break that up. Yes, you know, and a lot of people that listen to the podcast, people that uh, were former members, and they get connected because it's a, it's a family. Once you're part of Wrigley, you feel like you're part of the family all together. And I get messages all the time. I just Ty, I don't know if you remember Tyrell, but Tyrell just hit me up a couple of days ago. Uh, so it's cool to see people from the past that are still connected mm-hmm. because of who they met uh, at Wrigley mm-hmm. Field. But I do want to know what makes a person, I mean, me and Keaston do this all the time, but what makes the person want to be a field guard? Because Keaston runs up and down, gets tired. Like, I like to be able to relax and take a break when I want to take a break. What makes you want – what made you want to be a field guard? Actually, it, it started with an inside joke, I would say. I'm not trying to put Pac on the spot. Uh, <laughs> but I remember um, I was actually uh, working in the old office. I think the, the old the old, old office. Yeah. You know, doing stools and everything and helmets. I used to make a game of to know people's stools, their helmets, what they yeah. needed before they came. Good and then Parker was a field guard. Parker was a field guard then. I think this is before he was a supervisor. I think he was still a field guard, but he was still on the field. Yeah. And I know his helmet. Then he's like joking with me. He's like, one day, Mike, I'm going to get you on the field. Lo and behold, years later, I become security. <laughs> and it's like, you're a field guard. I'm like, I'm like, I thought it was a joke. You know, I thought Paco was joking because once you get out there, it's like they can train you, but it's mm-hmm. live, man. It's like you're really in the game. You're a part of the game. And, man, it's just a tremendous crew out there. And everything, and you mentioned Keaston. He he was a tremendous help to me. You know, Keaston was Nick. All those guys, like they really mentored me and took me out of their wing. And yeah. shout out to Fabian. He doing good things. You know, all the whole crew. But yeah, it, it was right. it, it was a great. It, it, it's a great experience to be out there because the game changes when you're actually out there, opposed to being at a gate or in a mm-hmm. section or in the bleachers or whatever, because you're actually on the field. Like you get to touch the players. You're that close. Mistaken Identity is headed to the Dominican Republic on the new Carnival Celebration in January of 2023, thanks to MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether you're looking to book a cruise, visit Walt Disney World, or spend some time on a private resort in a remote location around the world, MEI Travel is for you. Frank and Jordan are scheduled to set sail on January 3rd for seven nights on Carnival's newest ship, set to debut this November, and if that sounds like the type of thing you're interested in, MEI Travel has plenty of accommodations to fit all your travel desires. Contact Brock Taylor for all of your travel needs and to determine the best deals for you at mistakenidentitymedia at gmail.com. Yeah, you brought up Fabian. Oh, actually, uh, supposed, to be doing, supposed to be interviewing Fabian at some point, probably on our Patreon, mm-hmm. but now everybody mm-hmm. has... Even Keaston, he wouldn't want to admit it, but everybody has some, at least one blooper or embarrassing moment on the field. <laughs> you have one. What is yours? Oh, my goodness. I had multiples, man. Like, it, um, what, was, what was the recent one? What was the recent one? That Keaston showed me on Facebook. Uh, the ball must have came, and I made TV, and then I had 
Something told me just grab the chair and pick up the ball at the same time. I don't know what the process was. I'm like, I didn't. I was lazy. I didn't want to put the chair down. So I pick up the chair, get the ball, and then I try to throw it, throw it up to the bleachers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's better keep the ball. Like I was supposed to keep the ball, put it in, probably you know, wait, give it to the key. I was just like, no, we get the ball. Through. I must have like spaghetti stringed it. You know, or what was it like? My arm was loose. It made it went right to the basket. The fans were like, oh, oh, like it's coming up. Then yeah. went down. I was like, oh my goodness. I'm glad the camera didn't get that. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. The key just showed it to me on uh, Facebook. He records the TV. I was like, oh my goodness. I was on TV. My daughter's <laughs> going to see this probably one day. Like, family members probably see this. I'm like, what happened? I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, but it, it was funny. It, it was real funny, but it was like, dang, man, I'm that guy. Because I think, like, for every field guard, that's how you get blessed in. You have at least one blooper or you make sports center or something. That's how you know you're a field guard. And it's funny because, like, now all the field guards, the camera's on y'all now. And face to Fabian, like, the camera's on y'all now. Like, so everything y'all do now is under. Yeah, it's, mag- it's magnified. It's magnified now. <laughs> it's magnified now. Yeah, the pressure was on. But let me say this one thing I saw. You don't know, you don't know this at all, but I was in the bleachers one day supervising on the left side. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a slow day. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's slow. I mean, it's like, you know, not that much going on where it requires me to do any much work. But I noticed, I saw some fans, at least in three rows, they were playing um, rock, paper, scissors. I'm like, what are they playing with? Like, I don't, I don't see any. What, what <laughs> so I walked down some stairs and I see you out between innings playing rock, paper, scissors with the fans. I thought that was so cool. Like, what, what, how did you come up with that idea? I mean, I didn't come up with it, you know what I'm saying? The kids, they were trying to work out a deal to get baseball. So I'm like, yeah, I can't give you a baseball. You know, just get everybody your baseball or whatever. But the kids started it. So I was just mm-hmm. like, challenge kids, we just put up our fish, you know, because it was time in between the innings. Mm-hmm. I guess the kids were getting bored. So I was like, hey, make it a competition with a field guard. You know, I, I want to interact more with them, not just look mean at them or anything, but actually, you know, give them a more interaction with, you know, a field guard. So I'm like, okay, you know, we, we'll do the, you know, Rock, paper, scissors, and the kids laugh and everything. It made them happy. It made them yeah. enjoy <laughs> the game more in between. So it, it was it was cool. So they yeah, came up with the idea. You, like, the fans. And it's funny because, like, you don't even know that I even saw you. But I'm telling you, there were so many mm. people. You, you were watching the kids in the, in the first section, whatever. So you didn't mm. see everybody around, but everybody around you was doing it. You didn't, you didn't see it. I saw it. I'm like, what is going on? Why <laughs> everybody playing rock, paper, scissors, and the bleachers? And I walked down. Mm. And it was you. So you might not know it, but you had about at least mm, three to five rows of people that were playing the game that you didn't even see. <laughs> had their phones out. It was pretty cool to see uh, the fans playing rock, paper, scissors between anything. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing that with me. I didn't know. It was just like one of those things. I wasn't doing it for attention or anything. It was just because the kid challenged me to it. I wish I could get every kid a baseball, but I can't. But I wanted to do something to give them something from a field guard or whatever, or just talk to them or do something more, you know, give them a little Wrigley history or something, or make them laugh, whatever, make their day because, you know, it's a, it's a friendly conference for a reason. Yeah. You know? And funny, because I'm like, you know what? When I next see Mike Harris, I'm going to give him a token. Of course, I didn't. I forgot. But <laughs> um, those kids, they were made, but they got to play rock and with the field guard. Uh, I thought that was, that was pretty – uh, pretty cool. Now, obviously, um, you watch sports. Are you following the World Series right now? 
No, nah, not really, to be honest. I get yeah. the updates on my phone, but I'm not against other MLB teams, which is like my, because of my team. Like, watching that run, I think when they had to run for the World Series, I think that's the most, besides me and that Wrigley watching baseball. I'm yeah. watching in person when I go to a game, but, like, TV-wise, certain teams, yeah, you know, to check on the old Cubs, see how they're doing and everything, but, like, that was the most I ever watched baseball, like, during that World Series, because that was, like, magical. Hmm. That was really like magical to be a part of that story, you know, being a Cubs employee and everything, or a member of the team, and then seeing them actually break a curse like that. That that shows anything is possible in this world, no matter how long it takes. You know, never give up, and you can get there. Now, World Series, Cubs, Game Seven. Uh, of course, it's midnight. Uh, hmm. Where were you at? What were you doing the moment the Cubs won the World Series? Hmm. Uh, trying to clean up the peanuts off the floor, I just threw up in the air. Because <laughs> I, I remember I had, like, like I was actually at the game. I had mm-hmm. a, um, had my Cubs hat on, had a bag of peanuts. I told nobody, if you're not watching the game, we'll be do not disturb me. Okay. It's like, I was, like, actually on the clock. I, I remember when that rain delay happened, I was yelling at the screen. Like, mm-hmm. come on, we're not going out like this. And then when they got that last out, everything, just, I'm looking like, just hit Chicago going off. Yeah, I don't think I I went to had a good sleep because I was like too shocked that it actually mm-hmm. happened. Had peanuts on the floor. I'm just going to the house, high fiving people, yelling, going out my front door, yelling like ah, you know. We in the group chat on uh, Facebook, everybody just going nuts. Like I can't believe it, and we try to figure out what's going to happen next. You know, mm-hmm. trying to you know playing you know, on when spray going to be and everything. But yeah, I was literally cleaning up peanuts off the floor. And then I you literally did. tossed them up in the air. <laughs> then they said. They're gonna give you a ring. What do you think about that? Oh my goodness! Like I felt like that's a great, great honor that I didn't know because it was words going around. Everybody like, are we gonna get a ring? And and when they said they was gonna do it, I still have my ring, and I never like legitimately wore it. I didn't took a picture with it, but I like put it up like because that just means so much. Like to see that that uh, uh, organization would think of you as a team member, even though you weren't on the diamond that, but you still contributed to a World Series victory. Man, like, it's, it's just heaven on earth. It's indescribable feeling. It's just like, I just thank the Cubs opportunity, you know, Cubs organization for even doing that. Or everything they've done, you know, because it's like, it can go in my, my, my room of treasures, from jerseys to bats to all the other stuff. You And I get to show my daughter that. that I was a part of that. Or, you know, future family and everything. All right. Now, before we go, we talked about Joe Flaherty before we started mm-hmm. recording uh, a supervisor uh, from the Cubs. Uh, mm-hmm. He was a field guard supervisor for a while, too, a good friend of mine. And we talking about mm-hmm. how slow he is. He, he's even probably even bigger now than when you last probably saw him. Oh, but, Lord, man. He's going <laughs> to edit this. He's going to see this. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to say to him? Hey, man, I want to say, hey, Joe, man, shout out, man. I remember the good times we had, all the jokes from me and you and Corey, man. Hey, man, you, if, you, if you're looking for a personal training job, man, you need to get me uh, after skinny zone, man. I'm, I'm trying to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> nah, but shout out to Joe, man. Shout out to you too, Frank, for doing this. I really appreciate it. And the Cubs organization, rookies, vets, um, concessionaries, 50-50, facilities, grounds, crew, everybody. I appreciate all y'all, man. Salute everybody that made you know, made this Cubs year phenomenal. Even not working there anymore, whatever you did for Wrigley, man, I appreciate you guys. 
All right, so I want to play a little game with you real quick. Let's see how your really feel employee trivia is. Let's see how good you are at this, all right? <laughs> all right, oh, man. Let's see. Since you are a, you're on the field, right, which is considered mm -hmm. foxtrot, which is still considered security, mm -hmm. can you name at least four, four security supervisors and one has to be a female? Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. <laughs> oh, this is good. Uh, I'm trying to think of my head right now. Okay, <laughs> Joni? No, no, Joni. no. Security. Joni be Joni be like security sometimes. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, let me see. Does Justin count? Does Justin no, count? He's a manager. No, he's not count. <laughs> this might be the hard okay. one. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay, Paco. Okay. That's one. Okay, I, that, that's a give you. Uh, Paco, let me see who else. Uh, You're talking to one right now, by the way. <laughs> I, I was just going to say you, Frank. I was just going to say you. Frank, too. <laughs> two. Uh, uh, let me see. Let me see. One male, one female. Okay, female, female, female. Let me see. She was, uh, no, Chris, I was going to say Kristen. Yeah, no, I mean, not Kristen, but... Huh? Chrissy, you're right, Chrissy. That's female. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say Chrissy. Yeah, I, one I was more. thinking she was more guest services side. You know, another female. And they want yeah, one more, one more supervisor, male or female. And they want more. I'm, I'm trying to think of the gate line right now. Who I usually see going, you know, I'm trying to visualize <laughs> it. Oh, this is terrible right I here. No, you feel right. So, so Corey, popular. Corey, gonna kill me. Corey, Corey yes, <laughs> yeah, Corey's gonna kill me. You come like, bro, you yeah. can't, I should have first. Okay, so you left and you came back. When you came back, you changed some of the gates around. Let's see. Oh, uh, man, I'm not going to get this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going with oh, my gate K. Let's <laughs> see. Okay, so um, gate K is what gate now? What trust gate? No. <laughs> oh, see, I, I can't. <laughs> it's a number. It's a number. Okay, okay. KK is gate Four. one. No, that's H. You're close. What's what's next? Five. Uh, five. Okay. Yes, yes. All right. Let me one more. Jonas's gate is gate one, but what letter is that? Mm. I want to say J, but that's not. It. <laughs> no. <laughs> J for Jonas. <laughs> no, this is back when you back back in the day we had letters. The first gate by the red line was gate what? What letter? Oh, gate D. Yes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so they went back to left because I was told it was numbers now. And it is right, yes, it's yes. so much in trade, man. I don't even know what call that. Number, letter, or name. Let me, give you, let me give you some more here. All right. So, oh, name three supervisors that are guest services that work at gates. Guest service supervisors, three of them. Jonas. Jonas is one, yes. Right, let me see who else. Uh, I would say Harold, but she most, but but she's no. The park don't the park don't count. Do it. No, I mean, she does the game, but who, but who does the gates the most? I would say so. Jonas, who else? Then two more than Eric Gates most of the time. Eric Halstead. Eric, yes, yes, of course, yes, and one more. Fargo. Well, Fargo. No, Fargo. Security. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> hey, I, I, I should get a half a point for that. 
<laughs> name one more. Who'd you, who'd you let get you? I said her, I said her name earlier on here by, by hair. Oh, man, I forgot that quick, man. I'm getting old, man. Females, supervisors. I said how I said Eric. I'm trying to think of something. Ted Jonas. Yeah, John is. Uh, when they hear this, when they hear this, they're gonna be so mad at you. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm trying to blank moment right now. <laughs> I hope you out. I hope you out. Toya is one. <laughs> oh, so yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Hey, don't, hey, don't show this to Toya. <laughs> don't show this to Toya. All right, one more, and then I'm gonna let you go. I thought I'd let you ask me first. One more, um, and that is. Ooh, you should you should get this one. You should get this one. Uh, which supervisor has been there the longest which current supervisor has been there the longest hmm. Floyd? okay we'll get floyd okay all right good he would have killed you if you got that wrong <laughs> yeah yeah many times he, yes. he told say floyd, did floyd, that. Yeah. okay all right all right so before we go you get to ask me one question what's one question you have for me what is your most memorable moment at Wrigley? God, I feel like I get this one a lot. My most memorable moment. I, okay, I'm, I'm gonna give you two. Okay. One is one. Everybody knows I love. Everybody knows I love Jason Hayward. But that one game, we hit that grand slam. I that, hit that grand slam, and it was just insane. The pitch was shaking mm-hmm. like uncontrollably. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that my um, one my moment. But other one is I think 2017 is my greatest year because. Not only did I win uh, Security of the Year, but uh, the guys that I had mentored, uh, Reese and Tyrell, they all won Mm -hmm. of the Year and Rookie of the Year or whatever. So it was cool to Mm -hmm. see um, everybody that I had mentored. You know I love mentoring young people. Yes, I do. Yes, I do, man. (laughs) Beautiful thing. To see see my boys win it the same year that I win it too. And then the following year, uh, my other boys won it too, Rock and Stecky and so forth. Um, That's my greatest you know, moment. I, I love to see everybody else win, uh, but to win with them, that was my greatest. Yeah, my greatest moment. Awesome. That's great to hear. Hey, wait, wait, you won. What year did you win? Oh, sure, 2011. Yeah. It was me and Yuri that year. Do you still have your uh, award still? Yeah, I, I ain't got the nice one. Like, well, my, mine's still nice, but I got the wooden plaque when y'all got the, the, the glasses. Yeah. Just, yeah, y'all got the glasses. I'm looking like, I was saying, like, man, I won the wrong gear. I got, <laughs> I got wood. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I love yeah. my. I love it. <laughs> those, those were the best years back in the day, though. But yeah, all right, Mike. It was it was great uh, getting to talk to you. I cannot wait to anybody hears this. They going they gonna go crazy when they supervisors hear you to know their names. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But uh, let me uh, thank all of you all for uh, supporting the podcast. If you like to watch our shows, support us. It's only cost one dollar. Go to Patreon.com/slash. Mistaken Identity Podcast. You all can watch all of our shows and episodes. Mike, thank you very much. And I'll catch everybody else on the thank next you, Frank. episode of the podcast. You all have a good night. Hey, guys. If you're hearing my voice here again, that means we've reached the end of the show. It's that time again for all the thank yous and special messages and disclaimers. You know, all the stuff you really tune in for each week. A big thank you yet again to all of our supporters who not only continue to tune into our show, but take the time to hit the like button, write reviews, and share our content on social media. It all really helps us grow our audience. 
Our Patreon page continues to thrive as well as we're working not only on the podcast, but the Roku channel and the book club and on and on and on. If you'd like to be a part of that expanding mistaken identity experience, follow the link in our show notes to our Patreon page or go to patreon.com and search mistaken identity podcast for all the ways you can sign up to access this multitude of additional content. Mistaken Identity is also now a part of the Unconfined Network, which is a home to many podcasts whose hosts have met inside the walls of Wrigley Field. To check out the network's other show offerings, head to unconfinednetwork.com, that's all one word, unconfinednetwork.com, to view all of our shows and their catalogs. Shouts out to Frank Walker, Jesse Graham, and Jordan Burks for their continued efforts both in front and behind the scenes to keep Mistaken Identity rolling along every week. And of course, we can't leave without our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. This is Joe Flaherty for the Mistaken Identity Podcast saying stay safe, and we'll catch you next time beyond the ballpark. Thank you.